Critical infrastructure sites can often be dangerous and highly volatile. The need for cameras is high to curb intrusion, interruption, and injury. But ensuring those cameras aren't making a hazardous situation even more dangerous is top of mind, specifically for Joe Morgan. Hi, my name is Joe Morgan. I'm with Axis Communications, and I am the segment's business development manager for the Americas. Um, What that means is I focus on the 16 critical infrastructures and subsectors that we deal with that are critical for everyday life here in the Americas, primarily the energy sector, uh, which is part of the topic we'll be talking about today. with clients in many of the top critical infrastructure spaces, oil and gas, power and energy, water treatment, and more. And his clients are now using their cameras in completely new ways with the dawn of edge processing and video analytics. Cameras are critical to the productivity, profitability, and employee safety on those sites. The importance of having technology that is explosion-proof is high on the must-haves list. And so today, we are chatting with Joe Morgan about how far explosion-protected tech has come, the impact on the physical security landscape, and the need for proactivity when it comes to critical infrastructure. Thanks so much for being here, Joe. It's it's nice to have you back to talk about critical infrastructure. Today, we're on this topic of explosion-protected technology. And so I thought maybe to get into it to begin with, we've done this on the podcast before when we're talking about technology, is, is having this like understanding of how this technology developed to where we are today. So I wonder if you could just give us a bit of a backgrounder on explosion-protected devices and technology and 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 how, you know, where they started and what they look like now. Sure. No, absolutely. So you know, as we look at explosion-protected uh, technology and where it's applicable, it really derived from the oil and gas uh, energy sector where they deal with volatile uh, gases and so forth in the refinery efforts. And they found out that uh, when they build a refinery, there's processes and criticality deep within these facilities. And they needed some way to uh, to go in and to look into these areas that are typically um, hazardous. They have a degree of gases that are present and that uh, if you don't take protection, they could ignite and explode. And explosion protected is really broken into several classes. I I won't get into that now, Um, but the need for a a device or devices such as ours with cameras and sensors to be able to place be placed within this area and be safe from the possibility of propagating an ignition or an explosion is is the the problem so um, back some 30 40 years ago they created uh, a housing that had to be classified, had to be certified. And this housing uh, typically fits over a device and it protects the device in the area um, from having an explosion caused by gases that could infiltrate the device 
it protects the explosion from propagating outside of that enclosure. So it's not really explosion protected cameras per se, or, or explosion proof cameras, should I say, but it's the ability to prevent uh, an ignition propagating outward. So um, with that, you know, they, they developed this enclosure. It was certified by the uh, National uh, Electrical Code, the NEC, and they wrote some requirements uh, for certification agencies like U, uh, UL and FM and MetLabs to adhere to testing. And once they're testing and approved, then they can be sold into these type of facilities. And now previous to that, what was the option? Just not having a camera in those in those protected parts of the facility? Um, exactly. They would they would use a maybe a hardened camera like a stainless steel, but not certified explosion protected. And they would position these cameras outside of these classification zones. So we work in uh, classification zones, class one, div one, which is really in the processing area itself where the mixtures, the gases are very heavily present. There's enough molecules in the in the air to pronounce that a class one div one. And then a class one div two would be an extension out from that class one div one that's not quite as concentrated in the gases. So what they would do is uh, position the camera outward and look in. Um, and that worked fine, given the limitations of the camera and the optics and the processing and everything that we have today that we that we didn't have 10 years ago, 20 years ago. It was just a general observance. But as the, the sensor technology has increased, they can do quite a bit more if they can get in the area and see that direct line of sight uh, of what they're looking for. Now, can you just give me a couple examples of, you know, the benefit of having the camera in the line of sight and, and what in this space, what kind of um, sensor technology is being used uh, in addition to, you know, the camera obviously being um, protected from creating explosions? Sure. So in these uh, refinery facilities, in, in the processing areas, they have a considerable amount of of what I call SCADA sensors. These are embedded sensors that can detect vibration, heat elevations, um, leaks, things of this nature. And these are controlled um, by control room in a facility. They'll have a separate control room away from the processing area that they have a SCADA mapping. And if a sensor goes off or detects that uh, you know something's wrong, they'll get an alert. Well, there's really no way of verifying what that alert is unless they do a shutdown, partial shutdown, send a team in to investigate. So some abilities with sensors or, or with, uh, with camera sensors, not only optical, but thermal are the ability to, when these SCADA sensors go off, the ability to line a sight to go in and take a look at these critical areas where these SCADA sensors are embedded. So if they have a problematic area that, that uh, heats up and the SCADA sensor says, hey, the temperature's rising, we need to take a look, 
they could have line of sight of a thermal camera to go in and do a temperature measurement just to make sure that that sensor isn't faulty. And what that does, it saves a lot of time and a lot of money uh, from not having to shut down production. Another case would be simple gauge interpretation. If they have a SCADA sensor that goes off that says, hey, you've got more pressure in this line, they know that they have an inline gauge uh, looking at the pressure, the ability to put eyes on that gauge and actually do a physical observation of the, the reading of the gauge, um, whether it be an analog gauge or if it's digital, we have analog uh, analytics to uh, digitize that, to transfer that into a digital representation so they can view it and confirm. Right. So with explosion um, protected technology, you're giving you're giving the option of of, you know, all the the different pieces that the camera or the different software the camera can use to to keep that even safer. Right. No, no, you're absolutely right. Um, And it's it's just evolving. I mean, it's uh, every day we find out new applications that we can use these sensors and have the ability to go in and, and look in these areas. So. Um, with the addition of the analytics and some of those uh, subtleties we can add to the camera, it just does more and more um, for automation and safety. Now, as you've kind of been watching this technology grow, I mean, give me a sense of where we are now with that technology. And, and was there along the way, was there like a wow moment for you as far as like, you know, now this technology has really moved to an entirely new place uh, along that, that growth pattern? I can. Um, yeah, the, the wow movement was really the development of the sensor and the capabilities of the sensor. As I mentioned before, we can do so much from an optical standpoint. We can see further. We can see better. Um, we can see things we've never seen before in these restricted areas and also combined uh, analytics, third-party analytics, companies that that have developed analytics and algorithms, AI and deep learning that can benefit and take that that um, optical image, which is digitized, and now enhance that and do all sorts of, of additional uh, things to to correlate to correlate instances where this might be occurring in more than one spot, why it's occurring, and it's all for predictive uh, predictive maintenance and more reliability through automation. Can you give me an example of that, Joe? Like, is there an example of a client you can think of? You don't need to name them. Where they they are using this technology, you know, to its full fullest capacity. I can. Um, you know, one company that is implemented these uh, explosion protected cameras in the process area was the illustration that I that I mentioned earlier. That's gauge monitoring, and that's a that's you know, a very uh, a very healthy application, as you can imagine, with the processes, the hundreds amounts of, of gauges, and to be able to, to verify that that gauge is working without sending a team in, uh, if they have a spike, if the SCADA says, hey, you know, there's low pressure, to be able to go in and take a look at that physical gauge itself, not just rely on the SCADA sensor. Um, another application, which is very predominant, in refineries and process areas is plume monitoring. 
And uh, this is the ability to look at the plume. The plume is the burn-off of the hydrocarbons, which is very important today from an emission standpoint. So they're utilizing these ex- explosion-protected cameras closer to the plume to monitor uh, the length, the dispersity of molecules within this plume, the heat, um, if it's a if it's a an application that has a thermal and a visible, they can look at the smoke uh, color and density, and that tells them quite a bit from the processing procedure. So, uh, not only if they're emitting uh, emissions that they're not supposed to or need to burn off, um, but the fluctuations tell them how reliable in their process, if they're making antifreeze, for instance, and that's running through the process. Sometimes that plume can be an early indication of, uh, you know, a process that might need to be changed. You know, what's interesting to me about this technology is that it's almost a technology that's been specifically created for critical infrastructure, you know, whereas with critical infrastructure, they're, you know, you're using um, different softwares or, or sensors that that could be used for other purposes as well. And so I wonder, can you give me a, a sense of where this explosion protected technology is ideal? Like what areas of interest in the space that you're working in um, is, is it I- ideally made for? Yeah. So I really look at it at two major areas that this type solution can be used. And that's in the oil and gas, gas processing, as we have mentioned, um, but also agriculture. So in explosion protected equipment, you're looking at, uh, in the agriculture realm, you're looking at the process of grain, grain silos, anything that provides a very fine dust is very ignitable. So, you know, the grain silos throughout the U.S., uh, hundreds and hundreds of them, um, storage facilities, uh, things of that nature would also need a class one div one or class one div two uh, camera to uh, monitor processes such as a, a pump within a grain elevator where normally if, uh, if a sensor went off and said that pump's going bad, they'd have to shut it down, get a hot work permit, get guys dressed up to go inside and physically take a look. Um, now they can, again, utilize a sensor, a camera sensor, whether visible or thermal, um, to go look at that pump and see if it is indeed heating up and that saves a lot of time and energy. So if you can think of all the food and the processing areas of these foods, um, it's, it's also ripe for, uh, for this type of equipment. Yeah. So really there's like a physical security benefit, right? If you're not having to, to suit up a team to go into a dangerous situation, that's, that's saving you, you know, a lot of headaches. It is. In fact, the, the three primary areas that help with this uh, explosion protective product are the physical safety, obviously, to monitor and see if you know, someone's going in the area or out or not supposed to be there. Um, that's fairly common in, in what we do as a business. Um, but, but operational efficiency uh, process monitoring would be the second pillar um, some of the illustrations I talked about. And then the third is uh, is safety uh, with the OSHA regulations, everything involved with that, the ability to, um, 
you know, to, to have a device in an area and actually if people are having to work in that area to determine if they have their hat, art hat on or a harness or if they're, you know, using a catwalk properly, things of that nature. So uh, physical security, process security and safety security are three target areas that, that can be utilized by Explosion Protected. Now, Joe, you know, we're talking about this and I'm I'm just wondering, we talked about previously in previous generations of this technology, you know, having like a certified housing. What do, what do these cameras, what does this technology look like now? And how, how has that changed actually like the appearance of the technology? Uh, great question. So, um, and, and this has been a tipping point and this is why the expansion of markets is occurring as we see it. It's not only the the technology-driven sensors and the processing ability, but it's actually the physical dimensions of these cameras. In the early ages, uh, these cameras were stainless steel. They were big, cumbersome in the neighborhood of, you know, 90 pounds or more that typically have to be mounted high. So you'd have to have, you know, a three, four man team and lifts and so forth. So um, with the evolution of cameras being smaller and the power requirements of cameras becoming more efficient, you know, the, the, the little motors that drive the lenses and focal ranges and so forth are micro motors now. They they require very little power. So these are getting smaller and the lenses are getting better. Um, it's not as heavy. Therefore, the overall enclosure can be quite a bit less um intrusive, both in physical dimensions and in weight. So we've cut about 30 or 40 pounds off that 90 pound um, weight of the older type cameras. And what this does, it, it allows them to be put and accepted in more areas. Uh, the ability to um, run power over Ethernet in, in some of our cameras, PoE, without having to have huge uh, power sources that are adjacent. Um, it's following the same footprint of our traditional cameras with uh, you know, PoE, PoE Plus, and the reduction in size and the increase in performance. So this opens up new areas, the, the, the cost consideration as well. So, you know, stainless, stainless is not a cheap metal. So with the reduction of size and weight and um, combination with the, the sensors, the price has significantly gone down in the marketplace. And what this does, it opens up um, some of these agriculture areas that wouldn't spend twenty five thousand dollars on a camera, but you know will spend fifteen thousand or ten thousand. So it's the tipping point where where more and more markets are saying yes, we're going to put this in because the reward is uh, is so great. You know, I wonder of those three pillars, are they are they all equally as important when someone's weighing this decision about about this technology technology, or is there is there one or two that are kind of more top of mind in, in the CI space? Uh, yeah. So, you know, the, the, the most critical area that we're using them 
right now is in the process area, operational efficiency, looking at those gauges, looking at leaking pipes or steam, looking at problematic areas within the process. That's where it's been uh, um, mostly used in the past. But with uh, OSHA and requirements occurring from a safety standpoint, we're quickly quickly seeing the ability now that we can put more cameras in these critical areas. Uh, we can, you know, we can do more with it. I'll, I'll give an example. Um, I recently bought a, a new refrigerator, and this refrigerator. Uh, can hook up to the internet and and tell you lots of things uh, about what you eat and what needs to be replaced. And I really haven't used it, you know, because I haven't I haven't gotten into it. But it's there; it's available, and I'm slowly starting to realize the benefits of that. And that's what's occurring in this market. People are being educated to the new sensors, what they can do, and they're really just kind of starting to step into that and say to themselves, "Hey, I didn't. This isn't as difficult as I thought." And what we can do and, and how we can progress in our automation and collecting data and how that's going to help us down the road in automation, uh, these folks and the end users are rapidly beginning to understand that. Just like, just like me and my refrigerator, um, it's a learning curve. So there's a, there's a lot of really good, good things to come from the adaptation. Now, speaking of good things to come, I, I, I must ask you, you know, we talked about where this technology came from, what it looks like now. Where, where do you think this um, this is heading in the future? What what are your is on sort of your list of things you'd like to see happen to to take it even further? Sure. I think that um, the ability to monitor EPA requirements, emissions requirements, OSHA concerns, the government regulations that are sometimes difficult to monitor will now be available for these end users, for these processing plants um, due to the uh, do the expanded role of explosion protected cameras and their reduction in costs. So they're going to be able to do more. I see that continuing. And I see it continuing to the point where they're going to start connecting the dots in regards to automation. All these companies are looking at ways to reduce cost, increase revenue, and automation, reliable automation is a big part of that. So with, um, with the adaptation of hybrid clouds, with cloud systems, a, a way to obtain this data to manage the data, distribute the data, and let somebody start connecting all the dots, again, for that preventative maintenance, for the ability to pre-assess and understand where a problem could occur at the earliest juncture will prevent an unexpected shutdown. And yeah, that's, uh, that's the number one thing these plants are trying to avoid whether it be from a safety standpoint or a process standpoint or a security aspect. Um, they're trying to prevent any unnecessary disruption in their production runs. You know, it occurs to me that that's a, that's a big change for that industry, for critical infrastructure. So I wonder, you know, with, with these advancements, you know, 
uh, better safety measures, cameras that can do more? What's what's kind of the overall change to to the space that you're seeing as as this technology improves? Yeah, uh, another good question. I think just the the security of individuals in that are responsible for a processing plant, the ability to combine new technology, not only explosion protected cameras, but new technology that uh, enables them to use the data that they extract uh, to reduce costs, as I mentioned. Um, that's, you know, that that's their biggest reward. If they can increase revenue, reduce costs through automation, secured automation, then they're going to be more profitable as a company and uh, more profitable in regards to potential accidents that would happen at a facility or um, a leak of chemicals or, you know, chlorine, things of that nature that could hurt the public. So, and it's it's also very good for the environment. I mean, I think one of the most important things you've said here is, you know, just even beyond this, like, you know, explosion uh, protected technology, what what is really the big benefit is just having those cameras uh, be able to access, you know, a dangerous environment and keeping, you know, keeping people out of there as much as possible. And so I wonder, you know, it's perhaps not part of the exact explosion-proof technology, but you know, as we get more into deep learning analytics and systems for these cameras, what's the impact then of of having you know being able to have these cameras in these different environments when it comes to to deep machine learning? Sure. So, you know, deep learning AI is is the future. It's it's here, but it's still a little bit ambiguous. We're using it on a basic level, but the ability to um, to use this on large scale is developing rapidly. So it, with our sensors, we, we actually have deep learning um, chips in the camera that take a look at the surroundings and are able to uh, distinguish different aspects, different events. It, it learns the situation. Now, what this does, it really dwells down from the analytic standpoint. So if we have an analytic working that wants to detect um, leakage of a pipe and the ability to, to have a sensor that's collecting this data that can associate uh, maybe pressure of a pipe, uh, even environmentals, external environmentals um, on a, on a uh, solar farm, uh, kind of the same instance, to be able to correlate the weather patterns in a storm to associate what, what is that wind load that damages equipment. Um, and when that wind load gets a certain, then they will automatically trigger the camera to turn on and assess an area. These are all, these are all uh, deep learning aspects that are trending that uh, can save time and money from people having to go out and do it themselves. We can remotely uh, assess and evaluate these situations. So uh, deep learning is, is in its genesis stage, but will develop rapidly, I think, in the next uh, four to six to 10 years to really help in the overall automation and the association of not just 
hey, this this malfunction occurred or, you know, we've got a leak in this pipe, but why did it leak? What, you know, what caused it to leak? And you might need to look upstream or downstream from that. But uh, these sensors and the ability to, to learn upon their environment where they are will help catch those at the earliest stage, again, to prevent these shutdowns or, um, you know, a catastrophic event. Well, listen, Joe, uh, this has been really interesting and, and always, you know, it's always really interesting talking about critical infrastructure because I just feel like the stakes are are high, you know, and, and that this technology exists to protect, you know, both systems, but also people is is uh, is really uh, integral. Uh, so so thanks for being here as always. Oh, thank you. No, it's our pleasure. Thanks for listening. If you want to know more about explosion protected technology and the future of surveillance and video analytics for critical infrastructure sites, here's Joe. Please feel free to reach out. Uh, it can be reached at joe.morgan at access.com and be happy uh, to chat with you. This interview was produced by Folktale Studio and brought to you by Access Communications. Access enables a smarter and safer world by creating network solutions that provide insights for improving security and new ways of doing business. As the industry leader in network video, Access offers products and services for video surveillance and analytics, access control, and audio systems. Access has more than 3,500 dedicated employees in over 50 countries and collaborates with partners worldwide to deliver customer solutions. Axis was founded in 1984 and has its headquarters in Lund, Sweden. For more information about Axis, please visit our website, www.axis.com. 